Um, to begin with, my name is Steve Warnke. I currently serve as chair of the uh, Route County Planning Commission. Um, a number of items I want to just make sure it's on, we're on the same page. The proceedings this evening have been A, advertised um, in the pilot, B, properties in question have been posted, C, adjoining property owners have been notified, um, and uh, in addition to that, the proceedings, and obviously this goes with it, the Zoom information, the contact information was published on the Route County website. Um, we have a goodly number of uh, folks participating in this process. So given the number that we have, um, we're gonna do a couple of things. One, as always, it's almost imperative that unless one is speaking, We'd appreciate it if you stay on mute. It gets rid of the background information and so on and so forth. Number two, given the number of people, what we're gonna do is um, have everyone that's on video not be on video. Am I saying that correctly? Um, well, planning commission should be on video. With exception of planning commission. I'm sorry about that, I didn't get quite that far. Um, and then I think what'll happen is when individuals are speaking, then they'll come on on video as best I understand how we're gonna do this. Um, the other thing that is out there for those that, but I think there's only one, for those that are only calling in via phone, keep in mind um, if you wanna, well, first of all, the mute feature on your phone is star six, that works both ways, star six to unmute, star six to mute. Also, the raise your hand function works um, and on the phone, it's a star nine to indicate you have a question. And after that, sometimes just, if nothing seems to be working, if you can find a pause, that's a good time to interrupt and we'll deal with it from there. Again, this is not always the most ideal set of circumstances, i.e. the Zoom venue, but it is what it is and we do what we do. Um, okay. Just make sure you got off. That's good. So with that, uh, those announcements in mind, I'd like to call to order the February 4th Route County Planning Commission meeting. Sarah, if you would be so kind as to call the roll. Sure. Um, Steve Warnke? Yes. Brian Kelly? Yes. Andrew Benjamin. Yes. Troy Brookshire. Marshall. Yep. Bill Norris. He's here. Greg Yeager. Here. Peter Flint. Here. Billy Mitzelfeld. Here. Here. And Linda Miller. Here. Here. Perfect. Uh, we also have from staff, Chris Brookshire and Christy Windsor. Um, we've also decided for those that are either representing the petitioner or plan on speaking and addressing us <clears throat> in the evening, we're gonna grab your names as you appear before us, so to speak. So in terms of actually taking attendance or getting those names on this minute, we'll defer until that surfaces later. Okay, first item on the agenda. 
public comment. Anyone who wishes to address the uh, planning commissioners on any item other than that, which is on the agenda this evening, now would be the time to do so. Hearing none, we'll move right to the next item on the agenda. Approval of minutes, the minutes from February 4th, 2021. Uh, are there any additions, deletions, corrections to those minutes? I move we approve the minutes from February 4th, 2021. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. Thank you, Andy. All those in favor of approving the minutes of February 4th, 2021, please signify by saying yes. 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 Opposed say no. Motion carries and the minutes are approved. Minutes from February 18th, 2021. Again, any additions, deletions, or corrections? I move we approve the minutes from February 18th. 2021. Thank you, Brian. Second. Thank you, Andy. All those in favor, please signify by saying yes. 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 Minutes are approved. Thank you. Um, next item for consideration. I will likely butcher this name, but I think it's Efalta LLC, Special Use Permit for Oil and Glass Exploration. Activity PL-19-129. Brian. I'm gonna recuse myself at this point. Do you care to explain your reasoning? Not that you uh, need to. I am a homeowner and the president of the water company. <laughs> okay, that would be an answer. Um, yep. Brian, I'm, I'm going to um, talk to you for just a minute, just so that you are aware, recusing yourself as, as commissioner, obviously, in this instance, makes some sense. However, be also advised, you are not giving up your right as an individual to address the commission uh, as, as a member of the public. So kind of, in effect, what's happening is at this point, You've kind of stepped off the commission and should you choose, you have now become a member of the public. Understand, thank you. Okay. Uh, okay, again, activity PL-19-129. Typically our procedure is to have a member of the petitioner address the commissioners, uh, try to provide us a good summary of the petition and what is being proposed. So at this point in time, I don't know who that might be, but speak up. Steve, that's uh, Corey Sullins and also, where did he go? It was another, oh, Sean Sills is, is also here. Okay. Gentlemen, you, um, you have the floor. Okay. Um, this is Corey, um, and then I'm not sure um, how we started this, but um, I'm assuming everybody has a copy of the application. Uh, everyone has been provided what we choose to call the staff report. The okay. application itself is available to us, but we typically don't. 
look at that. All right. Um, and then um, as far as we've uh, been able to, we work with uh, Chris and um, it's taken us quite a while to get everything together, um, work with the COGCC. Um, we've brought this together. Uh, this is kind of a convoluted well, just because it's got quite a bit of a history with it, but um, we're just bringing that to, to you now to get, so if we can see if we can get the special use permit on this well in order to go back into production. You want to care to share some of the particulars? Um, I can, yeah, a little bit. I'll go back through. This uh, well was uh, originally drilled back in 1991. Um, there was some confusion about, um, and it was originally drilled 31-1, and um, then it jumped over to 31-1A. Uh, the original well SUP was on 31-1. Um, and then they switched over to this other uh, hole or uh, board that they did. And that's originally, um, according to the documents that have been, you know, that is on file there. Um, that's why the original SUP was not valid uh, going forward with production. This well um, has been in production on and off since 91. Um, and then back in, uh, I believe it was the early 2000s is when our group, which is pronounced Ephatha. Um, Thank you. Uh, purchased this, this well. It's taken just a lot of work to, in order just to be able to get, you know, this ready to even be, uh, to go into production. There was a lot of uh, site debris. We've gone through multiple MITs on this well. Um, at least three that I can remember that is the mechanical integrity tests. Uh, we've had multiple water testing in that area to make sure there's no uh, cross-contamination. There are uh, two water wells um, uh, in the same vicinity. Um, we've done multiple tests on those through independent um, ACZ, uh, ACZ laboratory, I believe is the one there we've used in, uh, in uh, Steamboat. Um, We've shown there's no contamination issues there. Um, we've gone through and redone um, uh, the setup on that on that property. Um, there, it is in a shut-in status. I think there was some confusion as to that as well. Um, we were approved for production, but because we have no SUP, we are currently in shut-in status. Um, the well is basically um, ready to be uh, put into production. We've met uh, criteria with the COGC, as I mentioned earlier. Um, we're basically at the point now where in order to, to move forward and to uh, go into production, we're going to need the, the SUP to start that process. Um. I should have asked this question in the beginning. Can you explain your relationship between you and the petitioner? I'm the manager. Um, there's uh, a group of us, I don't know, five to six, something like that, um, that own, uh, own this uh, entity. Um, I'm one of them, but I'm also the primary uh, front spokesperson. I man do most of the management of it. 
Um, well, like I said, we've owned this since I think it was maybe 2003. Um, and um, the, the group is a little bit of people all over, some professionals in it, um, white collar professionals. We've got uh, a couple people in it that are um, into like mechanical uh, plumbing, uh, infrastructure, that type of thing as well. Okay. Is there anything else you wish to add in terms of the narrative? Um, I don't. I, I don't. There's um, um, quite a bit of, of uh, information there. I'm just pulling that up here. Um, like I said, there were a couple of uh, um, seemed to be some confusion about this, but it, uh, it is in shut-in status, um, and I didn't think there was any other. Um, information I wanted to provide on that. Um, oh, there's also some confusion, I, I believe, on um, whether this well was um, pre-drilled or if we were drilling. This well was already drilled. Um, we're just going to go back in and service the current lines in it. We're not doing any drilling. Um, and um, it's, it's prepared to do that without any, uh, we don't have to do any, any further drilling. We don't have to do any, anything like that. So we're just ready to um, move forward with as is. Um, and then according to our filings and our records with the COGCC, everything is uh, approved and uh, current in their records as well. Okay, anything else? I don't think I have anything at this time. I'm open for questions if anybody has any for me. Uh, we'll do that in a bit. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Chris, you wanna pick up and go? I'm sure. Um, I do have a very short, uh, just PowerPoint presentation. It's only three slides just to um, update people with the uh, what wells look like if you feel that that's necessary. I don't know if our members um, would like to look at that or if they feel that they're pretty well educated as far as the, um, the, uh, the way a well is usually constructed. Um, we haven't had a well application for quite a while, so I put that together just in case. So if you'd like to hear that, it'll only take a few minutes. If not, we can move forward. Um, oh, I'd like to hear it because I think we have a number of members that this would be somewhat new to them. Okay. Did that come up? Not yet. Well, We're still looking at you. Well, isn't that strange? Are you clicking on share screen? Oh, hi. Yep, I have it in front of me. And now, why is that not coming up? Hold on. You probably just have to click on the one that's on your other screen. Yep.
Well, it's showing, but for some reason it won't. Did it show up now? Uh, nope. Um, look at which screen has the green ring around it showing that you are sharing your screen, Chris. And uh, that's the one I'm actually looking at and where my PowerPoint is. Let me try moving something and see maybe if it'll... Well, what the heck? I would go out of it and go back in yeah. and I would choose you have screen one or screen two or screen three in your case um, and click on the screen that has the presentation on it. Okay, I apologize, it was. It's not as user-friendly when you have uh, multiple screens. When, and when people are looking at you trying to find it, that's. <laughs> do you have your presentation saved under the project number, Chris? Um, I do. If you do, I can um, bring it up. Hold on yeah, it's just not pulling up. I don't know why. I'm seeing it, but. What's the application number? Uh, PL 19129. Okay. And what is it titled? Um, uh, the PowerPoint presentation? Yep, that would be it. <laughs> Give me one second. Okay. <clears throat> it's just opening. So, yeah, it takes a few minutes to open. Oh, I just got a notice that I'm having trouble with my proxy server. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> um, I may be able just to bring it up. It's just uh, loading. Do you see it loading up? Yep, I do. With like a blue water scene, my screensaver? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> So um, if you want to just make some like opening comments while this is opening up, Chris, you can do that and then we can go to the PowerPoint if that's helpful. You betcha. Um, I think Corey kind of explained the, the, a little bit of the history with these two wells. The 31-1 the was drilled first um, with a permit from Route County and from the state. Oh, there we go. And then um, they hit too much water, so they abandoned that site, um, contacted the COGCC, and did get a second uh, permit issued for a site just 50 feet away, 50 feet south of the 31-1, and it's called the 31-1A Pilot Hole. Um, that was drilled and completed, and unfortunately, that second site, it was overlooked for getting um, another permit with Route County. And that's why we're here now. They permitted the first one, but for some reason that operator at the time didn't come back 
for a second um, uh, permit before Route County. So we really don't know why, what happened back then. Um, it was in 1991. And through the years, the well has changed hands a, a number of times. And for a long time, we didn't know that this had happened. And then um, at a certain point, and I don't know when that was because I wasn't here, it was discovered that it didn't have a permit. And operators after that point were notified, as my understanding, but then it would change hands again. So we'd start all over again. And then with Epitha, we are, have, they have agreed to move forward with this uh, permit to get it corrected so that we have records um, for a special permit, use permit for this well that was never permitted. So that's kind of the history um, of what happened. And we don't know why, but that's how it sits right now. So this is being reviewed as a brand new well permit in our view. Yeah. Uh, the county's position is that this is a new special use permit for an oil well. Correct. Okay. And um, to add to that, when the permit application was first submitted, it was submitted under the old oil and gas regulations. So a number of the um, comments or referrals to their permitting process or the regulations is because it was submitted prior to uh, new regulations that were just adopted by the COGCC in 19 in um, 2020 along with everything else that is going was going on the uh, governor polis directed the state to revamp their regulations and created a new mission statement to go along with that so this the whole year of 2020 the state um, was involved in redeveloping their regulations to meet the new um, mission statement and uh, they just completed those um, in full in January. So it is, they are brand new. We are still, um, as I stated in the staff report, we are going through them trying to figure out um, the new regulations and how they work. And I think the state did a really good job in the time frame that they did to revise these entire regulations. So with that, maybe I should go to the presentation and then we'll move forward. So this is just showing a typical well construction you can see um, the top of it, they call it the Christmas tree, I don't know why. And to let you know, I am not a, um, I'm not with the COGCC. Um, this is just a short presentation to just give you an overview. It's not to um, explain everything that goes into townhole, downhole operations that is regulated by the state, not by Wright County. But hopefully this will help out just a little bit um, uh, to explain how the well is constructed. So this is the top of the well um, below the Christmas tree. And then you can see the different casing that goes um, down. And this is shortened. So it, the, the well usually would be really deep into the ground, 5,000, 7,000 feet, depending on what reserve, what um, area they're wanting to um, access to find the product. So the wells are drilled to a certain depth to start with, and then that, um, that's usually your surface casing, and then the well, it's cased, and then it goes down to a different depth. It's uh, cased and cemented again, also on the first one, it's cemented, 
and it keeps going down there till it gets to the smallest point. And then that is your production area or your oil stream string, and that's run down into your producing reservoir. So the cementing of the, the pipe is to help stabilize the borehole. And it's also to protect the well itself. It's to uh, help with pressure that could be placed on the pipe, um, possible corrosive soils and contaminants from entering the well bore because they don't want anything in the well bore. And also they don't want it leaving the well bore. And on the, on the well that we're looking at today, the COGCC records indicate that this well, the 311A, was cased to 600 feet and then up to the surface. Then they had a second string which went down to 4,000 feet that was also cased to the surface. And then it went down approximately 7,800 feet back up to the surface. And then it turned and it was to run horizontally. And the next slide that I have shows the horizontal uh, picture. This is just a vertical slide. And so with the horizontal well, it, it goes straight down just like a vertical well. And they hit their formation that they're hoping that they will get oil or gas from. And it's turned and where it's turned, it's called a kickoff. And then it's run horizontally along that formation and uh, a production casing is added. And um, that's their target formation. And that's how this well was drilled. Um, and at the very end of the well is approximately 10,000 feet. It also, wells can be vertical, they can be horizontal or they can be deviated, which means that instead of going straight down and then going horizontally, they go down and then they head off into a direction to hit different zones. So it's at an angle. And these, these type of drills um, and most wells now can have multiple uh, wells on one well pad and sometimes from the same well that they'll turn and do deviated um, drilling so that they can hit a number of, of zones without having to um, spread out and have different uh, well pads in the area. So this helps the surface so you don't have wells punched all over but you can do it from one wellhead. And I think if you've ever traveled through the rifle area along the highway you see a lot of different um, well heads sticking out, and those are usually wells, a number of wells from one uh, well pad. So the very bottom of this, where you see the horizontal, you see like little busy things coming out from there. Um, those, um, that's where they're hoping for the water to come in, or not water, the oil. And um, at that point, they would probably open up that up drill it's obviously it's it's opened up so they can get in but that's probably where they would do fracking operations also and on a vertical well they would do it on the vertical section of where they're trying to bring in the product you can go to the next slide so that's using hydraulic fracturing and it is a very controversial uh, process what happens is that it, they want to be able to open up the, the tight rocks that are down there so that the oil can flow in and get better production from that. And so they bring down a tool that fires um, different explosives through the walls of the pipe. 
then when that's completed, they pump down uh, water, sand, and chemicals at a high pressure to frack, open up those, um, those uh, rocks. And the water, it does take a lot of water. Um, there's a sand, a special sand that they use and it's round. And then they also use chemicals and the chemicals um, uh, and other fluids create this gelatin type consistency. And so they pump that in and then um, it, it, it helps to open up those um, fractures in the rock. And then everything is brought back up to the surface. It's hauled away. And then the sand remains down there to keep the, those fractures open so it doesn't close. And there's been a lot of controversy over the water that's used for fracturing and the chemicals. The COGCC regulates the fracking process and they also have a list of prohibited fracking fluids that cannot be used in Route County or not in Route County in the state of Colorado. And those, there's an entire list of them. And those are the chemicals that people have been very concerned about, the tulines and the benzenes that um, um, are, people shouldn't be breathing in or drinking or whatever. So those are prohibited in the fracking operations in the state of Colorado. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, just to bring you up to speed to see what a well looks like. Um, so this well, um, I'm not sure if it's been fracked. It could have been done by a different oper operator. And um, wells can be fracked more than once. It just, it just depends on what's happening down there. And those, like I said, those are all permitted and inspected and regulated as part of the downhill op operations by the state of Colorado. So we don't get involved in that. Um, so planning commission has been given a staff report um, they also have attachments to that staff report and it's the application has been available online. We did receive a letter, uh, I think that was Tuesday afternoon, sorry, this has been a busy week, Tuesday afternoon, which was forwarded to planning commission members and to the um, operator that was um, submitted by uh, the law office of Matthew Sura and he is here. Um, we've, we've, it's a 12 page letter. Um, we've gone through a portion of it and I have just a few comments on that letter. Um, just stating again that this is a new application. The well has never been permitted and this is considered a new application. And it's not a conforming use. The reason being that is that it was never permitted. So it can't be non-conforming. It has to be permitted before it can become a non-conforming use. And so the decision for Planning Commission tonight is to base um, the review on what was presented to Planning Commission for the application and staff report. And they ha also have the option to con um, consider what um, to consider this letter. Um, another thing to be brought out is that the oil was originally drilled in 1991. So it predates surrounding improvements to the area. It does have a current COGCC permit. And um, I was also notified, I think it was yesterday that um, there are regularly scheduled inspections by the COGCC and the inspector was uh, to go out there, I believe it was yesterday or Tuesday, 
And he let me know that he did go out there, but he couldn't get to the site because of the snow cover. And to let me know that the only violations at this time on this site is that they need to update their signage requirements, keeping in mind that they haven't, he hasn't completed his inspection. One of the things on the letter um, on the first page is 5.1.2 in our regulations. And it's the local, state, and federal regulations and standard. It, it states it is the intent of Route County to avoid unnecessary and duplicative regulations where other local, state, or federal regulations adequately address land use issues. Um, and it's stating that Route County has chosen not to enact a, a additional um, regulations. Part of the review with Route County is that we, um, we do regulate certain um, things that are not reviewed by the COGCC. And we feel that should be reviewed in our permit process. For instance, our county roads are not regulated by the state. And we do have a review process for our county roads with oil and gas operations. And they, um, those conditions have been placed in the COAs, so you, you've seen those. We also look at offsite impacts. Um, the COGCC has now, with their new regulations, said, say, they have now directed that um, counties can be more involved with offsite, with um, siting locations. So we, are, we do look for uh, siting locations. We look for offsite impacts that could possibly happen. And uh, we also can now do conditions involving uh, bonding. Before we couldn't do that, we couldn't preempt the state, but we can get more involved with that type of condition or restriction. And um, um, the COGCC does review and regulate um, oil and gas operations that the route county, that our route county does not have the personnel or the expertise to review or to regulate, such as the water testing. They now um, test wells. They have specific criteria for testing wells. They um, will, at the request, um, send those uh, results to us if we feel that it's needed or there might be a concern. And that they also regulate downhole, all of the downhole operations. We don't have the expertise to do that. And also their drilling inspections. And if for some reason we go out and take a look at a site, we're not sure about something, we can call um, and they will send us an inspector out and we can also join them out on that inspection to find out if there might be a problem. So um, the intent of this review is to have the ability to impose COAs that are potential impacts for Route County and also to work with the COGCC and their rules and that's what kind of they're referred to in the COAs. Um, let me see, is there something else I might be missing? There were a lot of uh, notice uh, notes in this letter that referred to COGCC regulations and those um, should be considered by the COGCC. We do not enforce COGCC regulations. And ultimately the operator is gonna to have to work with the COGCC. 
We don't know with the new regulations how existing wells are going to be um, looked at with the new regulations, but we are moving forward with, with the COAs that we have previously used for our oil and gas operators and have updated them for this petition for the new COGCC rules, their numbers, and um, some of the items that we felt were of the concern um, with this application. So this well is being reviewed pretty much the way we have um, looked at other applications in the past. Um, I think I've covered it, unless Christy, you can think of something else that I might've missed. Uh, no, I think you pretty much covered everything here. Um, just wanna remind Planning Commission that um, although there was a letter submitted um, less than 72 hours of what our um, typical policy would be. Um, you know, staff as a courtesy did review that letter um, and Chris summarized, you know, our takeaway um, along with our county attorney about the information that was submitted in there. Um, but you should really focus on the information that was su submitted as part of this application and within your staff report. Um, also, as you noticed in the staff report, there are over 72 conditions of approval. Um, that is pretty typical for oil and gas type operations. And as Chris said, most of those are addressing some um, mitigation that um, staff and the county has come up with to address typical concerns with offsite impacts, impacts to our roads, wildlife, and then in particular condition seven and eight, I believe address some bonding concerns for general liability, um, as well as um, another condition that I'm sure Chris will speak to that um, goes a little bit beyond that um, for your consideration for essentially to cover any um, expenses related to on-site or off-site impacts um, for contamination or release of hazardous materials. This was um, a, a newer condition that we spoke with the county attorney about, um, and it's a similar condition actually the county just um, had to put into one of our gravel pit operations that the county owns. Um, so it's something that the county actually did and, and, um, and it's just another belt and suspender that we can do um, to help protect um, and really consider those potential offsite impacts. Um, and I would just ask all of planning condition after you consider public comment and reviewing this application to consider if, if so, the, with the imposed conditions, mitigate any concerns that you have. Um, I think what I would like to do at this point in time, before we go public on this, um, commissioners, my expectations are you probably have some questions and I think I'd start with um, you, and whether those questions would be of staff or of the petitioner, that's up to you to announce. But um, first guy up, now is the time to do so. And if you, I have, I guess I'll start. I think 
this is a bit of an awkward application to the extent that you have a, a well that's been in place, is in place, if you will, and been drilled. Uh, admittedly, it's been out of use for some period of time, but putting that off to the side, I think there's some confusion and I'm not sure if any of us are in a position to answer the confusion and that is, to what extent do the new COGCC rules and requirements apply to an existing well? Um, I don't think we're in a position to decide that. I think an argument can be made that um, a permit is in place, the well is technically proper. However, I know that the attorney for someone recognized or made a comment about the setbacks and that under the current conditions, no, under the new COGCC conditions, um, technically a well, unless it's been a unless it's been agreed to by neighboring residences between less than 2000 feet, technically isn't supposed to be there. But again, that's a question that I'm not sure that any of us are in a position to, to understand or come up with an answer. Because that again is a COGCC issue, not so much around county. And as Christy pointed out, and as Chris both pointed out, our responsibility pretty much is to address and look at the offsite impacts as opposed to the onsite. The onsite technically are really under the jurisdiction of the CGCC. And so therefore, as Christy mentioned, bonding is gonna surface as an issue. We're gonna step up that um, a pretty aggressive road improvement slash road maintenance program is in part of the conditions. But ultimately I did have a question or not a question so much, but Chris, am I thinking about this correctly? To the extent that some of these questions that are really their CGCC questions, I don't know that we can do anything about them. We're conditioned, what we have done is ensure that the COGCC has approved the well, the site, and everything else. And that's a condition of our conditions. Correct, they do have a current permit. Um, with regard to the setbacks, yes, it's a really good question. Setbacks, I believe previously were 150 feet from, uh, they could drill 150 feet from uh, a residence that was increased um, at some point, I believe it was two years ago. And it, it was more extensive, more toward like daycare centers or schools. And then with the revamping of this, um, a well cannot, the absolute setback is 200 feet, then there's 500 feet, and then there's this 2,000 feet. That, that is checked by the oil and gas uh, regulations, but this well was in existence prior to um, improvements being placed in this area, other homes. And I, I don't even know when the this 35 acre subdivision came to be to begin with. So I think that's a question that's going to have to be answered by the state. And um, because the well was there, the houses were built after that. So I don't know how they're going to handle that. And I do think it's going to be a question that is going to come up a lot with their new regulations and existing wells. So at this point, I don't know how they're going to handle that. Questions?
Greg has a question. Yeah, so Chris, um, I was uh, reading through the comments and I was trying to find the condition and I don't know if it's part of the COGCC regulations about noise and the 150 feet from a property. I don't see that in our conditions and I was just wondering uh, where that would be located if that was in a COGCC regulation or if that was a county regulation. We um, use the state regulations for noise um, measurements and they're, they're broken up into different sections. So if we were to receive a call, it would be measured from the property line. And I believe it's 150 feet and it has to be so loud. It has to be for so long. And so if I miss that, mm, we can certainly put it in there, but it is um, regulated by the state and we go by their state standards. So if someone called in a complaint, would that go to us as well for the SUP or would we have to put that into the conditions and then the state would uh, regulate on so, like, uh, who would enforce on this, I guess? Well, what we would do is we have, we actually have a monitor and um, usually it's the environmental health that goes out and takes a listen and uses their uh, monitor if we are having additional problems or we can't make a determination, yes, we would probably call the state because this is also regulated by the COGCC. Okay, so see, so this would fall under um, COGCC. So it would come back to us if there are noise complaints um, from this operation going on and we would be able to re-review it. Um, we would definitely take a look at it. We would do a um, review of it first. And if we couldn't uh, make a determination or we were having problems, I would call the state. Um, and to directly answer your question, Greg, we do have a condition of approval number 60. Oh, Permittee shall conform to the noise abatement procedures and standards as set forth in COGCC rule 422. Good, um, I didn't miss it. <laughs> So um, I was looking for it. Thank you. So it There's is in there, there um, but even if it weren't, it is a state regulation. So as Chris said, we would be able to call an inspector, um, but this is definitely belt and suspenders here that it would be um, through us and the state and we would work together on that. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Chris, as long as people are collecting their thoughts, can you summarize the position of the Department of Wildlife on this operation? We always um, send out a notification to the Division of Wildlife. I didn't see, receive a comment back this time. They're usually very good about that. And um, we do have standard conditions for the Division of Wildlife that were um, created with our original review of COAs for our oil and gas operations that they were involved in that review process. There are now, the state has now stepped up and created rules uh, series uh, 1200, I believe. And so they have created um, additional regulations and mapping with regard to wildlife concerns. And um, I also placed it within our wildlife conditions, the referral back to the 1200 series that they need to um, meet with the COGCC and make sure that those 
sections are also complied with. So they will have to follow up with the state on those new regulations. And then I'd also ask, um, these two words don't necessarily go together, but what I would call a detailed overview of uh, road and bridge and traffic and their position. Yeah, they, they sent a, a letter which was included and I um, incorporated their specific type of conditions along with our general conditions for uh, roads. This is a process that we developed back when we had the last wave of oil and gas operations that uh, came to Rao County. And they are required to meet these conditions, a, a number of them prior to um, working on the well with new wells. The, those wells have to be, uh, those uh, roads have to be brought up to the standard that the road and bridge department requires. Um, it's done by an independent study. We don't do that study. Uh, we have um, a contractor that does that for us. He goes out there and study the roads. They do core samples, and then they give us information um, based on that study. So those roads need to be brought up to the standards that are placed per that study. And then there are also ongoing um, things that happen. For instance, it could be um, dust mitigation in the spring. Um, they may have to pay for some of that mitigation to be placed on the road or for the um, um, magnesium chloride that's placed on the road, or maybe there's something else that comes up and the road and bridge department um, would contact them if they feel like that oil and gas operator needs to work on a certain section of the road because it was at their fault that they did the, um, the damage to the road. Questions, people? Okay, for the time being, then I'd like Steve, to open it up to- Steve, um, I have a question, but I can't, there's no, um, there's no hand thing on my uh, participants list. Well, that's what you're supposed I apologize. to do. Okay, um, I, I just, long we're talking about roads, Chris, um, your condition 39, I wasn't clear when I read that condition whether these road improvements would seem pretty extensive because there's quite a few roads involved have to occur uh, if there's no oil. I mean, I don't know what the, if there's a sequence in this process so that if the, the operator is successful in getting all of his permits, uh, I would assume there's some sort of test to make sure there is oil there. I wouldn't wanna have to make anybody make all these road improvements if there wasn't any. So I don't know what the process is or if this condition needs to be reworded to address that. Thank you. We developed these regulations or these conditions, I should say, for um, all oil and gas operations. So even though an operator may come in, they have not drilled a hole yet. Um, they're there is extensive traffic for a new drill operations, um, heavy equipment, a lot of equipment, and our roads cannot handle that. So these regulations were developed so that the operator is, ta is, is taking care of our roads before they drill, determine they don't have anything and they leave. And we're stuck with roads that Route County and its citizens have to pay to repair. So these were developed to protect our roads. 
so that when those oil and gas operations come in, those rates are up to a standard to handle all that traffic. Then if it continues, we monitor those roads. It, it's, it's an insurance for Route County to protect the roads. So in this case, um, when there's a well already drilled, do they still need a lot of equipment to test it? Or I, I, I'm sorry, I just don't understand nope, the process. that's okay. Um, this is unique because it has been drilled, um, but we still are applying these uh, conditions that they are brought up to standards. We truly don't know if this well does go to production or maybe they end up doing some work over operations like fracking that will bring in a lot of trucks, heavier trucks and traffic coming in and out and also just general traffic. People check the wells every day or they're supposed to or something else that may happen on the site. So we wanna make sure that our roads are not destroyed because of something that could happen also in the future. So I think Roberta, the answer to your question is guess what? It's a condition that must be made. I truly believe in this. I think this is an expense that needs to, or a condition that needs to be kept in our um, in our uh, COAs and the Board of County Commissioners worked very hard to um, work with previous operators and members of the public and um, whoever else happened to be involved in these meetings to develop these conditions and the process that goes along with it. Okay. Both Billy and Linda have their um, hands raised. Billy, go ahead. Thank you. Yes, unmute. Um, I was hoping to offer uh, an idea concerning the issue of we're going to deal with the state's uh, old regulations or the state's new regulations. Um, it, it seemed to me that I don't, I don't know why that really needs to be an issue for us. I mean, we are in the position to approve or not approve this. If, in fact, as we're looking at this project with all the extensive comments that we've got on it, we don't want the project, then I would ask the question, why, why, do we really, does, why does it really matter to us? Does uh, anybody have a thoughts related to that? Specifically staff, I guess. Do you mean why does it matter to us because of this, our review or because the COGCC has regulations? Well, my point is, um, if we aren't going to approve the permit, why should we spend any time worrying about whether it meets the state standards before or after the new standards? Do you see what I'm saying? Is it like, it doesn't but matter. Billy, don't you have the cart before the horse? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, it's the, I'm thinking it's the other way around. I'm thinking if, if we're not going to approve the permit, why do we... Why does it matter? Well, I don't know that you can speak for us, really. Well, that's well. There you go. I, I agree with that. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so there you go, Billy. The operator is is going to have to comply with COGCC regulations. Um, that's correct. Our, yeah, I I have no question about that. I don't think that's up for debate. I mean, they're going to have to meet the state standards. And that's why, why it's, it's been put in the conditions. Um, and that's just what we developed. I think that was, gosh, 
it was a number of years ago and we had to revise these with the new conditions so that they reflect the COGC standards. And I also think it keeps the operator aware of certain things um, to double check himself. And then the difference being is that we have certain um, things like I spoke about our roads, maybe different bonding um, uh, criteria that we would like to see or some other offsite impacts that we are aware of. It could be the wildlife concerns. Maybe, maybe the division came back with a very critical um, range for, for some animal that we would take a look at and say, you know, you probably maybe should move this well X amount of feet away from um, an area that is critical wildlife. And we would be able to take a look at that. Um, so there's, it, there's different um, county concerns and they also are concerns that go along with the state regulations. So I think they're kind of intertwined to a certain extent. Um, I think I just thought of my other question uh, and that has to do with, with the concept of this whole approval process. And, and again, I'm relatively new, but it seems like the focus here is like, we want to approve it. That's, that's our goal. Our goal is to approve the project. So we're going to make up this list of all these things that have to be done in order that it's okay. It's like, we're trying to make it acceptable. We're not, we're not trying to make it good. We're just trying to make it acceptable. And I'm, I'm just confused that at what point do we just say, this doesn't make sense. Why are we working so hard to make this approval possible when in fact, it's, when we look at the big picture, it's um, not a good project. It's just too much. There's too much stuff going on. So, Billy, I so think that's a lot of those, Billy. Yeah. I, I think that's your opinion, and I think that's, that's right. something that's more appropriate for roundtable. Um, okay. An applicant has the right to make an application, and based on prior applications for oil and gas. Um, the Planning Commission and the Board of County Commissioners have drafted essentially a template of conditions just like any other use permit that comes before you to consider whether you think that those conditions mitigate the offsite impacts. If they do, well, then you approve yeah, the application with those appropriate conditions. If you no. don't feel that it can mitigate those conditions, then you have the, uh, the right to um, not approve the application um, and Chrissy, come up with we, appropriate findings of fact. All right, I don't think we need to reiterate what, um, what we're saying here. I think the, um, the concept is, I, you know, I've raised the question about a concept and you said it's probably more appropriate to talk about during the round table. And I agree completely, I mean, so the, my question was a big picture question about at what point? What point do you try and medicate versus what you say no? And um, good. I think that your response is appropriate and it's something that needs to be discussed. And so I think it's appropriate to move forward on uh, other questions, other, other issues that are being considered tonight to be added to a special condition. And again, it, I'm just expressing my opinion, which I think is totally reasonable. And it, it, I agree completely with it's a decision of the board as a group to whether at what point's appropriate to proceed or not. So the other, I have one other question 
Um, and I guess it's, maybe it's a question for the, uh, well, for us as the county. Um, we know there's a lot of non-conformance with the previous SUP. Um, even if it had been approved or if it hadn't been expired, you know, if you go look at the site now and whatever, um, non-conformance. So I want to, can we address the issue of how that fits in this whole, whole, whole deal? In other words, if, if we've got this history of nonconformance, if, if what we want to do is make it work, then that's not an issue. I mean, we don't need to talk about it because we assume that at this point um, they're going to do what they say and we don't really have to worry about what happened before. Well, that's, that's my question. Is there any point uh, in bringing I, that? Is, that is, is there any point to bring that into the discussion? I guess maybe I'll just chime in. Billy, maybe you missed that part. But the onset, it was ascertained by county attorney. There really was, there is no nonconformance because we didn't issue a permit. So in order for an operation to be nonconforming, it has to be nonconforming with a permit that was issued, which wasn't. Yeah, well, I understand that. But I guess the, the, is, there, is there another way to, to look at that? And the other way I would be so. that, well, if they let their, they had a permit and they let that expire, could somebody look at that like, oh, that's nonconformance. They, they said but, they wanted a permit and then they decided they didn't want a permit. So what does that mean? Billy, that, that isn't the case here. So I think, I think that's discussion that shouldn't, that's not appropriate in this, in this case. That, that, that's fine. That's, I mean, I have it's up to the group to decide what's appropriate. And I'm, I'm just fine with saying that it's not appropriate at this point. So good. I had a question. I, I, I'm sure everybody's hoped that they understand where, where I was headed, but you're right. Let's talk about that later and move forward. I don't want to, I don't want to hold this up. Linda, I think you had your hand up. I just had a question for Chris in terms of, um, I know you in the report, it talks about flaring, but apparently since January, 2021, is it your understanding now that flaring is outlawed? You, you cannot flare or vent a site anymore unless there's some exception that the COGCC will allow. So yes, when this, when this report was first submitting, submitted, that was a, allowed and that was part of their application. But since their application came forward, that has changed. And the COGCC so, has specific regulations for that. Okay, so the new regulations, even though this was permitted by CCOG in 91, that in effect non-flare regulation does apply to them. And that's my understanding that is correct. And um, uh, I'm trying to think, I think I heard that back from one of the inspectors from the COGCC. <clears throat> and the department, uh, the CDPHE um, also regulates um, air quality. So they also submitted um, a response which has been included in there. So they would be also involved with that. Thank you. Uh, Andy yeah, had his hand up. I'm sorry. Andy, uh, I, think, I think Christy addressed mostly with, you know, concerns that um, 
we're being expressed as to whether or not we have a right to hear this. Um, the applicant has submitted an application for a special, special use permit. It's our job to listen to it and make a recommendation. And it's important to remember that these are recommendations because this is a special use permit and not a conditional use permit where um, we have the final say, but the board of county commissioners will be reviewing this as well. So um, I'm all about moving forward. Um, and those comments are just more appropriate for round table. Yep. Anyone else? Have their hand up. Okay, at this point in time, I'd like to, before we go to, I'd like to open this up to public comment. Um, I can't see the hands, but I think you can, Christy. Uh, yep, at, at this point, um, I don't see anybody's hand raised, um, but I guess if there is public that would like to speak, um, please raise your hand or undo your video if you're having problems with that. Um, and we'll try to keep some sort of order. I see Matt Sora um, who raised his hand. Go ahead and um, undo your video if you'd like to speak. There you go, thank you. Well, thank you. Um, I, I um, have a couple maps that I would like to share if I would be allowed to do that. Um, I understand how to use the, the share screen if it's okay with you all. Sure, that's fine. Go ahead. Great. Um, let me just give you permissions. One second, please. Looks like I have it. Um, you, did I do it already? Okay, great. Good. Perfect. Can you, can you see that? Yes. Wonderful. Well, um, now I'm going to... Uh, Thank you so much. Um, good evening. My name is Matt Sir. I'm an attorney representing the Johnson Ranch Water Company, HOA LLC. Uh, I'm an oil and gas attorney. I don't work for the oil and gas industry. I work for local governments, HOAs, landowners. Um, I have uh, I've represented uh, at this point 10 local governments in drafting oil and gas regulations and reviewing oil and gas applications. And that's the lens that I'm, I'm approaching this tonight. Uh, the job of uh, first, uh, the job of the planning commission is so important. Uh, thank you do, for what you do for, for Route County. Tonight, I'm requesting that you recommend denial of this project. Uh, Route County is pretty unique in my experience because it has very few specific oil and gas regulations. Instead, it depends on the rules of the Colorado Gas Conservation Commission. Um, and it also has a template of conditions that it worked up uh, a number of years ago. Um, I'm here to tell you that your regulations really don't allow you to um, recommend uh, approval of this. The first one that I wanted to discuss is in front of you. Um, and I, I can't read it the way that, that it has been described because it says by the staff, it says failure to comply with any and all applicable federal, state and local regulations and standards may be cause for review and or revocation of any land use approval granted pursuant to these regulations. Now, it's telling you that at any time you can review uh, an existing application or existing operation as if it's complying with um, state standards. And if it's not, you can review and decide that you're going to deny it. And I, I believe that this allows you to do that right now to apply current 
state standards and deny this application. Uh, next in uh, section 9.2, general standards for all mining resource extraction and accessory uses, it says specifically, Route County requires the use of the most technologically advanced and proven procedures and equipment to mitigate the significant negative impacts of mining operations, including oil and gas. Um, and I'm not sure um, that the template of conditions that you developed some number of years ago, and, and it wasn't clear how many, um, are adequate, frankly. Uh, they're certainly not the most recent, this is an industry that's changing all the time. The Colorado Gas Conservation Commission regulations, I would argue, are the most recent best management uh, standards to protect public health, safety, and welfare. And those are the standards that you should be measuring this application by. One of the most important changes in oil and gas regulations in the last 50 years occurred in the last two years. In 2019, the state legislature passed Senate Bill 181, and it accomplished two things. And the first one is, is as important as the second. First, it allowed local governments to regulate oil and gas like any other industry. You as a local government are no longer uh, precluded from regulating uh, the oil and gas industry. And you can, they explicitly state, you can go beyond the regulations of the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission. You're no longer preempted by the state you can regulate the surface impacts of oil and gas. And second, which is what I got into in my 12 page paper, and I'm so sorry that that was so long, but it, this warranted uh, that much uh, discussion, is that 181 changed the mission of the Colorado and Gas Conservation Commission. No longer is our state agency to foster or promote oil and gas development and only protect public health, safety and welfare if it's economically feasible to do so. Senate Bill 181 put that on its head and said, look, you're going to protect public health, safety and welfare. Go forward and write new regulations, top to bottom, to incorporate this new mission, putting public health, safety, welfare, the environment and wildlife before industry profits, before the needs of the industry. And so that's what they did. And, and it took a good year. They were just um, promulgated and they just took effect on January 15th. And this history is important because these new regulations are now required by the Colorado Gas Conservation Commission and I believe should be required by Route County. This application fails to meet the current standards within the new COGC regulations. And as has been described by um, Chris, uh, this could be just because it, they wrote these, um, this application before the new regulations were adopted. And if that's the case, this application just can't be considered because it's just not relevant. It, it doesn't have, it's not referring to the most recent state regulations. And, and the way that it doesn't is, it doesn't discuss about the 2000 foot setbacks uh, for health and safety concerns. Uh, flaring is referenced several times that they're, if they run into gas, which they will, because they're gonna be producing the Niobrara, what are they gonna do with the gas? They, they need a, a pipeline for that. Uh, water quality protection. The Colorado Gas Conservation Commission rules now go far beyond the regulations that were just in place even just a year ago in protecting public water supplies. And that's of a, a special importance to folks that are living in, in Johnson Ranch and any rural communities because they depend on those public water supply water wells. Uh, if, if that were to be contaminated, they really don't have another source. 
um, trucking water, you know, for their day-to-day -day use is, is nearly impossible and expensive. New tank inspections requirements, uh, there's wildlife maps that have been incorporated. And I guess I'm gonna take the, a, a chance just to, to back up. This is the, the 2000 foot setback. You can see that there are homes uh, highlighted in yellow that are within 2000 feet. Again, this is the Colorado Gas Conservation Commission's assessment in their regulations as to what is necessary for public health and safety. If there are additional protections that, that need to be put in place, uh, well, we haven't seen them from this applicant. Uh, and I don't believe that they are um, adequate at the current time. There's another map that I shared that is available with the Colorado Gas Conservation Commission uh, website if you go to it. Uh, this is the wildlife map that was just adopted. And there are new, uh, no surface occupancy for critical habitat that is put forward. These are areas that they call no surface occupancy because they're not allowed to have any new oil and gas development or new roads or pads. Even going back and reclaiming those pads or, or putting forward or blading a new road would be prohibited under current regulations because of the, the critical wildlife here. They can still do it, but they have to do a wildlife mitigation plan and do full consultation with CPW. And if what they're going to be proposing is going to harm wildlife, they need to compensate them at the tune of $13,000 per acre disturbed. Again, none of that was addressed because apparently this application came in before uh, the new regulations took effect. Uh, one of the things that is really critical that the Colorado Gas Conservation Commission really defers to local governments on is an emergency response plan. Their emergency response plan is completely inadequate. It doesn't deal with the types of emergencies that you could expect. A blowout, contamination of a water source, a spill, and worst yet, and, and this is something that is addressed somewhat, um, but I think poorly, is wildland fire. If there was to be an oil and gas fire at this location, there I don't know that there is a way to re respond to that in, in quickly enough to be able to save any of these homes. And the reason I say that is that you can't just have any fire truck show up and put out the fire if it's an oil and gas fire. Water is not gonna put out those fires. You have to have a foam truck, a specific, type of equipment um, and be able to put that out with foam and they don't even indicate where the closest foam truck would be coming from or how long it would take to get there. I would love to just give you a number of emergency response plans that have been put forward by applicants throughout Colorado and they're usually you know this thick. The, the two paragraphs that they put forward in Route County is, is frankly uh, an embarrassment uh, and, and can't be accepted. It's just not acceptable. It, it doesn't protect public health and safety. So the application really needs to be denied because it will adversely impact public health and safety. It does not contain minimum standards required by the state. It's not compatible with adjacent land uses such as public water supply well that's only 60 feet away in the rural residential neighborhood of Johnson Ranch. I'm happy to answer any questions you might have about my presentation or uh, the, uh, the letter that I submitted on Tuesday. Thank you. Um, 
How about will anybody have any questions for uh, Matt at this point? Although we can come back to him too and just continue on with um, the public's comments. Matter of fact, why don't we do that? How about next on the public? Great, thank you. <clears throat> uh, Jim, could you speak please? Jim Parscale. Yep, there, I think I got it unmuted. Let me uh, get the screen up here if I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm uh, James Parscale. I've been out in the uh, Johnson Ranch subdivision, I would guess five years now, and uh, own some properties out there. When I bought out there, <clears throat> the well was not in the water well, our water well at this time, was not uh, legal to the subdivision. It was left by the previous developers undone, uh, whether it was paperwork or whatever, but uh, houses were being serviced with water, but they had no legal right to it. So when I bought out there, uh, in time, we uh, formed up as a community. We went uh, to get water rights to the well that was piped through the subdivision and the houses were using the well. That took about a year and a half to get the water rights. We did get it. So we have the well out there that is closely adjacent to the new proposed well. We also had uh, plat issues out there that we addressed with the county. We've got them taken care of. So briefly, we took care of the issues that were making Johnson's Ranch not very usable and, and definitely not desirable to sell to somebody. We worked our way through that as a community. Everybody worked hard together. And now we have a product out there that's a nice neighborhood, good place to live, very affordable housing for Route County. I think that's probably in real short supply in Route County. But you've got 35 acres with small houses that has now become very desirable. And so much so that recently here, People have actually knocked on doors out there looking for housing to buy existing homeowners out there. A couple of contracts have been put into place. And as soon as the well application became public knowledge, one of these uh, offers was completely walked away that was under contract. Another one I understand is on hold now. So my uh, concern is first and foremost for the economic impact on the neighborhood that a group of people have worked so hard to put it in compliance with the county and have done a great job doing this. Now we feel like we're back to square one somewhat with the undesirability of the neighborhood. It really feels like a, a total slap in the face after years of hard work, legal, expenses and a great team working on it. There's a great group of people out there that love the lifestyle. And we're very much concerned that uh, this is under attack. We uh, are very concerned about the performance. I think, and this is my opinion, the inexperience, this is not a large oil well company coming in with deep pockets and uh, lots of experience in the oil business and that could address the concerns of the community. So I would really ask you folks if uh, you could stand with the community and with the thought of uh, this may be one of the 
last remaining acreage affordable housing in Route County at this time. I venture to say we're probably half of the cost out there as uh, most 35 acre lots. And that's my position on that. Thank you, Mr. Purcell. Uh, Thank next, you, please. Carmen, are you ready? Thank you. Carmen Ashball. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, start my video. So thank you for letting me talk. My name is Carmen Ashbaugh and um, I own the closest house to the new proposed oil well. Um, and I, I would never agree to, if, if that's an issue. I'm clearly within the 2000 feet to allow this because oil drilling is, is very disruptive and that's a wonderful community as Jim said and people like their 35 acres and um, we want to we want to keep that. The oil well is also within two water wells that serve two probably 15 houses and that water is fragile because there's times when it's turned black it it, it seems like when it gets unsettled um, there's a lot of minerals in it. I, I had to put a $10,000 filtration in the, at the house I have out there. It's a rental just to manage that. And it just doesn't seem like we need more pressure on that water in order to serve the residences there. So um, I would hope that you would consider denying this and um, preserve those that subdivision. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, next, please. Bob and Patrick, are you ready? I think they're still on there. Take a look. Okay, we're here, Brian. Okay, go ahead. I want to get the screen up here. Hey, my name is Patrick Childers. Um, my wife and I live out here in Johnson Ranch. We've been out here about uh, about four years. Um, it's a great community. Uh, it's it's really good a, a good bunch of people that live out here. Uh, where it's located, I mean, it's 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 just a dream for us. It's it's uh, where it's at. The views you have, uh, the, the lifestyle that it that it allows us to have. Um, it, it's just it's just a good place to live. It, it really is. Um, I would ask that you deny this permit um, and taking take in very heavily into consideration the quality of life for all the residents out here because um, I, I feel like I truly feel like that's what this is linked to I mean it's um, the quality of life that that you know any any normal person desires I mean for, for me and my for me and my wife we're just you know we're just your average working family that's that's all we've ever been we've raised two kids um, you know that's that's just what we are we're just we're just your normal working class people um, so we don't we don't really have any any desires un, unusual or different you know uncommon to to your average people so um, to take it to 
to take it to the extent that it's 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 getting into the to the quality of life that people desire um you know that's to me that's crossing the line there and to go from there and to talk about our environment um the the definitely the impacts that it would have there uh, to the wildlife just to this area in general um i, I would just ask that um uh, that you take all of this into consideration and, and please deny this, this application for this permit that we can just maintain, you know, just trying to go about our lives. Um, as I've already stated, we, we love it here. We've been here about four years. We've just grown to love it extremely fast. My wife and I have chose to do something different, um, but we are the ones that we was under contract and we were about three weeks from signing papers and they terminated because of this. Um, it was basically right after the, the, the notice was placed, uh, they terminated. So this has the potential of, of literally changing the direction of me and my family. I mean, and it's, it's very important to us. I mean, you know, we live in the United States of America. It may not feel like it after the past year that we've, everything we've dealt with, but we do. Um, you know, if we choose to do something different, that's what we should be allowed to, to do. And for this to happen to us, it just really threw us back and, and just threw us back on our heels. We, you know, we didn't know what to think or anything else. So I'm going to stop with that. Again, I just ask that you consider all this and deny this application for this permit. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, John and Patrick. Um, next, please. My name is Robert Downs. Um, I live out here with my family here in Johnson Ranch, and we've been out here about five years now. Um, I'm talking on behalf of everybody here in the ranch um, regarding this adverse impact that this is going to have on our house and our properties in general for everyone here in the Johnson Ranch, as well as Hidden Springs Ranch. To get to the meat and bones of this deal here, um, as James Parcell had mentioned, um, it has adversely impacted our, we had a, our home on the market as well and had it under contract last week. When they found out about this well going in, they canceled our uh, contract immediately as of a couple days ago. This is completely going to ruin our, our, um, way of life out here, um, for people to want to move out here and have families and affordable um, income homes out here. Um, you think about the uh, taxes that you're going to get from an oil well, as opposed to the taxes that you'll get on. We have 18 parcels here in Johnson Ranch and over in Hidden Springs, Carmen, there's what, like 14 or 18 home sites there as, as well that will be directly impacted um, by the use of this well. Um, things have gone on through the years um, with the entity that is wanting to drill this well. Um, very adverse and um, bad things that have come through this. Um, over the years, you bring up the name, um, they've changed it to Epitat now, but as a SILS and they have not been forthright and done right by this community. You say their name 
and anger's flare or um, tempers flare out here. It's, you know, it's just not good. They have not followed through on a number of their um, things that they said they'd take care of through the years. Um, this is, they changed their name now, but it's still the same person in sheep's clothing here. Um, also, um, so I was getting at, um, I talked about the, uh, the property tax um, income would be so much greater if these homes are, these home sites are all filled in and have people living out here in this affordable um, housing that we have, that we have a very small, short window and small window of places to live. Um, for the tax revenue that you're gonna get out of this oil well. Um, this needs to be brought up and thought about in the back of your heads here as far as having income coming in from fellow um, homeowners and potential buyers that wanna buy out here and live out here in this beautiful um, country that we live in here. I also wanna um, uh, touch on the things that uh, Matt and also Jim had talked about with the elk migration that we have out here. Um, every year we have anywhere from 50 to 150 head of elk, um, multiple herds that live right here in our valley, right next to this, to the, um, our homes here that are going to be completely displaced. Um, we have the, um, our antelope that come into our valley and, um, calve their babies right here in our backyard. They have been coming out here for years. I've watched them last year, actually, with my binoculars, calving their um, babies and, and rearing them here on our properties there. This is all going to change if this, if this oil well is allowed to go through here. Um, also, um, other wildlife that will be impacted on this are the sandhill cranes that mate right here and hang out in our valley also. Um, there's hundreds of them that are just right on the hill over here next to this oil well. And they, they're on Patrick's side here, our side, up on Jim's back behind us here, all over. Um, the native uh, sharp-tailed grouse mi migration is right here. And you had addressed that um, as well with the, uh, uh, not DOW, but the um, DPF now, whatever you guys are calling it, um, Department of Parks and Wildlife. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on out here. Um, just the hawks that live here, they migrate with, uh, you guys know Jim Haskins, I'm sure. Um, he is our old DOW. Um, um, manager for years and years here in Steamboat. He invited me out many times to come out here and ban the grouse here. They have lex right out behind our place here, thousands of uh, native sharp-tailed grouse that come through and call this valley our home here. All of this stuff here is all gonna change, guys. Um, you know, if this is allowed to go through, with just you know the greed of only a couple of people to want to, to get this oil well going. I just, I am adamant about not having this permit go through and destroy our way of life out here and destroy our habitat and destroy our livelihoods. I, I just lost my, um, 
our home fell through, Patrick's home fell through. People hear about this and it just turns everybody off completely. Um, so let's not allow our valley and families that live here in Johnson Ranch and Hidden Springs to be subject to destroying our water and our wildlife that live here for the greed of a few people. Um, under the new administration of going green that um, is getting put in place by Biden would only be counterproductive since we have abundance in oil reserves in place already in our country. So I bore you to um, join with us and not let this go through. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Uh, thank you, Mr. Childers. You know, before you sign Robert, off. Robert Downs. I'm sorry, Don, yeah, I'm looking at the other guy's fellow's name. It seems to me that both of you have, have your houses on the market. Why are you moving? Um, we are moving because we want to get into warmer weather. I've been out here for 25 years now. I'm getting older, and I want to spend more time with my children. And um, just the, the snow accumulations and plowing our driveway is 300 yards long. It's just I'm I'm – to the point in my life now to where I'm working so hard to stay afloat and keep the ball rolling that I want to go ahead and just enjoy my family. That's okay. Why. That's fine. And Mr. Childers, I see you on the corner. Is that yes, sir. so our, our situation has changed somewhat because our, our daughter went to, uh, she's in the air force now. Our son's in college. So just what we've been used to for, you know, nearly 23 years, our situations changed with both of our children being grown and, and out on their own. So we're just looking to do something different. Um, absolutely has nothing to do with the community here, the area, nothing like that. Um, we've just, we're just looking for different opportunities. That's fine. I was just curious. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, next, please. Uh, this is Brian Kelly speaking as an individual. Uh, and Hi, I'm really, Brian. good evening. I'm really proud of hey, my Brian. name. Hi. Hey, it's Andy real quick. I wanted to ask um, Christy a quick question about, uh, and I should have brought this up earlier when you talked about um, recusing yourself. Is that possible? Before sure. you? Sure, go ahead. What's your question? So in previous years, we've been advised that although it is our right to speak out as planning commission members on applications that might impact us personally, there could be a perception of undue or even unintended influence and I could have swore the lawyer that used to come and give us our, our talks kind of advised us against doing that. Yeah. And, I, um, and, and Andy, I will, if you want, I, I can just jump in. We, I, I did speak with the county attorney earlier today about this exact issue and what Andy is referring to um, and just the concern. And just for the record, uh, Brian Kelly is a planning commission member. Um, he did recuse him, himself um, in a Zoom format. Um, typically, I mean, obviously, we're in a different um, format than our typical um, process. 
But in this particular case, and what makes it unique is that he um, recused himself and he is an impacted adjacent property owner. Um, so he does have the right to speak. Um, this is also why we have shut off everybody's video um, who is not a planning commission member. So there could not be a perceived influence over body language or what have you um, through this process. Um, typically, if it was a case where um, any one of you wanted to recuse yourself because you were directly um, working on an application or, or something of that nature, or a surveyor or what have you, um, you know, of course, you, we would advise you to um, step down and you wouldn't be involved in the process. This is a little unique um, as he is an adjacent property owner and, um, and, and does have the authority to um, speak his, um, his piece on this application. So um, I hope that answers your question, Andy, and the rest of Planning Commission. Yeah, thank you very much. I think it was important that that kind of be explained thoroughly. Absolutely. Um, and it was and something I, that um, Brian actually reached out to staff beforehand about um, about the process. Um, and then we followed up with the county attorney today on, you know, how best to proceed on this um, on this issue. Perfect. And, you know, I I, I trust Brian to be professional. <laughs> as always, as he is in every way. So, Andy, um, you're just following process as usual. As usual. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Okay, Brian, you may proceed. Well, it may be better if I don't say because my neighbors have said it all, quite honestly. And I, I don't know if I can state it any better than they just have. Uh, so just to avoid any appearance of impropriety, I'm gonna just remain recused, but I'm really proud of my neighbors. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, next, please. That's it, that's all the people we're expecting to be here. Okay, from, uh, from thanks, Brian, I appreciate that. Yeah. Sean? I believe I see a Dennis Paul. I don't know if they are trying to raise their hand to speak. Um, I'll unmute you. Dennis Paul is a neighbor. Okay. Um, you just have to unmute yourself, Dennis. Okay, thank you very much. No problem. Um, I, I wanna speak on behalf. I've owned property with my neighbors uh, since 2004, 2005 and I, my primary home is in Michigan, and I bought that piece of land um, as an investment property and to build on it eventually to go skiing. And I can tell you that I've seen a 180-degree turn in the last year and a half since my fellow uh, homeowners have taken the bulls by the horn and turned this around. Um, I thought we were coming to an end, and I was going to finally going to build a home on there for my wife and my kids to come and ski out. And I just don't want to take up too much time, but I want to thank everybody. But I would like to go on the record that you deny this permit for all the reasons that my neighbors have spoke of and they live there. And I'm just a guy that, you know, saw the water being taken away, 
mis mishandling of things, um, you know, some underlings, um, improprieties go on. And, you know, the gentlemen that have spoke before me, they have a much better grasp. I'm, you know, 2000 miles away, but I can only tell you that, you know, I've seen now the life come back to this, you know, 35 acres and the surrounding areas. And it would be a shame to watch everything that has so hardly been put in all the work that has been done that for, you know, it's hard to find land that's so beautiful and so tranquil and the wilderness. And, and you know, I'm living, a, uh, you know, um, you know, a subdivision in, in um, suburbia. And so I just want to say that I go on the record, please deny the permit. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Paul. Anyone else? Mr. Sills, you have something to say? You have to unmute yourself though. Here you go. Yes, can you guys hear me? Yep, good. Thanks, uh, uh, I'm Sean Sills. I'm a physician, um, anesthesiologist, and um, I'm also one of the uh, owners in the oil well and also one of the property uh, holders there at Johnson Ranch owning two of the lots. Uh, the one lot that actually uh, contains the well and the adjacent lot. And I haven't met all of you guys or many of you guys. Chris, I think I met you about maybe 10 years ago when we first uh, learned that the SUP uh, wasn't going to be uh, accepted as, uh, as in play that we believed was in play. And um, I think I flew out to uh, meet you and basically tell you that as one of the owners in the well, you know, we'd be willing to do whatever the county wanted us to do. And I guess I want to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the comments about us being uh, non-compliant or not willing to work with the county because we spent the last you know, eight or nine years, um, even though we disagreed that the initial SUP was not active, uh, working with the county and doing everything that has been asked of us to uh, bring this application for submittal for a new SUP. Um, and then in light of the, the homeowners and the other Johnson Ranch owners, Brian Kelly, I, it's nice to see you. I've never met you. We've talked on the phone numerous times. Carmen, also I talked to you on the phone. Um, speaking of willingness, when you guys asked me about signing off on the easements and on the, the water plat, I was more than willing to comply. And at the time, Brian, we discussed the oil well, and you also said that you didn't see any problem with the oil well and the water uh, existing close together because they'd be separated by more than a mile between uh, the vertical distance. Um, so anyways, my, my point is, is that, you know, we're willing to work with the homeowners. I have a vested interest. Uh, just a little bit of background. My dad was the main uh, developer for Johnson Ranch. The word Johnson Ranch is my grandpa's name. Johnson, uh, he was a Swedish uh, gentleman, came from Sweden, homesteaded in Montana and formed a ranch called Johnson Ranch. Uh, the vision of Johnson Ranch was actually 
my dad's vision, my family's vision to, to bring a, a beautiful subdivision to that area. We were the original developers of the water. Um, when we were there, the oil well was existing and we purchased the oil well uh, several years ago before the development took place. I believe all the homeowners and current residents knew of that well and knew that well was probably in production up until 2005. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, what else would I say about that? Um, I guess I would just say that the, you know, the well basically was already in existence. And I believe all the homeowners knew that the well existed. And so I don't know how an existing oil well that's basically just going into production is going to cause such a dramatic change to things. Um, Again, our interest is in, in developing that well, but also my interest is in that development project. I think that we bring um, a lot to those houses and I think that your uh, houses and properties will increase in value by what we're gonna bring to the table. And the, the biggest thing that we'll bring to the table is uh, improving that road. I mean, having a, a road that's been improved is going to add value, I think, to that whole Johnson Ranch subdivision. And it's not a small amount of money that we're investing. Uh, I, I think the road will cost us close to uh, qu three quarters of a million to a million dollars to complete. It's not a small project. And all this comes out of, uh, you know, my personal savings. A few of us, you know, we're doing this all um, but, but we're taking that risk also for the development projects because to the best of our ability, we want that subdivision to continue to prosper just for my own personal interest. And then also for the, the initial vision of why that project was developed. So um, in summary, you know, we, I would recommend that the SEP be approved and um, want again, let everybody know that we're more than willing to continue to work. And I think we've shown that we've uh, already committed to work with the county and the HOA. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? I would like to speak, please. This is James Parskell. Sure, go ahead. In reference to working with the community, uh, when I got to these properties, it was an absolute mess. The well that was designed, the water well that was designed and piped through the community had no legal, the community had no legal rights to it. This is how the developer left the situation. And since it has been brought up that it's the same players, now we need to open that door, which was, it's taken us years to clean up what was left by the original developer. No recorded plat, um, the water line easement that the water company now owns was not the communities. The well was no had no water rights by the community, though they were using it for 10 years with no rights. So we had to organize and say, yes, you have water to your house, but it can be shut off at any time because you really have no legal right to it. So we retained attorneys. Uh, Brian was fantastic at working. We've got a great team of people out there that organized and put this together. My point being that the same promises have been made in this area 
for years that I just heard just now. But the real proof is, and very provable, is that it was left an absolute mess out there. Documents not recorded with the county, plat not recorded, no people using water with no legal rights to it. So I just want to make that point. And I can't overstate what I believe to be the economic impact to the property value out there. We're already seeing it. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Okay, I'm gonna close the public hearing portion of these proceedings and start with um, commissioners, questions of either petitioner or staff. Um, Steve, I think yeah. Chris or myself just have some follow-up comments that we would just like to make for the record. Please. Chris, did you have anything that you wanted to add? Um, you did mention the possibility of amending um, a couple of those conditions with regard to bonding, which I think is something that maybe can be discussed at round table. Um, okay. um, condition seven, our current requirements are uh, 1.1 million for um, certificate of insurance. Um, eight uh, is, I think is intact the way it is. And Christy had brought up the um, information with regard to, oh, here's my note. Um, the hazardous material uh, possibility for an insurance policy. So, um, um, that was uh, brought up today also, and, and Christy had mentioned that. Um, one other thing I forgot to mention is that it wasn't stated, in, or, or I missed it, in the um, report of, of how much gravel they were anticipating to place on the road itself. I think it said what kind. Let me go to there. Just it says what kind. Yeah, it's not the depth of it, so I just needed to fill that out. If we move forward with these conditions of approval, I just need to fill that out. Okay. Um, and they may—they already may have that information. I just—I just didn't see it, and I, like I said, I could have missed it. Um, I think that was it. Christy, did I catch it all? Um, yeah, I just want to make um, two quick comments to respond to um, Matt Sora's comments regarding the conditions of approval. Um, I want to clarify the fact that the conditions that you saw in your staff report have been um, amended to coincide with the revised COGCC. So these are not old conditions. It's a hybrid of the old and have been updated to um, coincide, mirror, and support the amended um, new regulation. So I just wanted to make that point, um, as well as um, that there is a condition of approval. Um, most of you are familiar with this standard condition that is provided in all of your use permits. Um, it's in condition number five here for this staff report and for this request that the SUP is contingent upon the permittee 
obtaining and complying with any required federal, state, and other local permits. Um, therefore, should the, if the recommendation was for approval and the Board of County Commissioners approved this application, that would mean that the applicant would have to abide by all of those conditions, including meeting um, COGCC -C, um, permits and, and their requirements. Um, so I just want to make that point. And then as you know, as staff, we're here to provide you and support you to provide you the facts and provide you the, our assessment of an application through our staff report for you all to make an informed decision. And um, based on the staff report, you have the ability to approve or deny this application um, or table it um, for additional information. Um, so those are, um, those are the, the facts. Um, and based on you know, considering public comments, um, you, know, you can move on to your um, round table. Uh, thank you, Christy. <clears throat> so once again, before we go to roundtable, any questions of staff uh, or frankly petitioner? Andy. This would be for staff. Um, have there been any complaints about operational problems, i.e. safety violations in the past? Uh, not to route county. I can't answer that question for the COGCC. Okay. Uh, have the mineral rights been severed from the land? The mineral rights and um, Corey or Sean can answer this, but they are owned by the state of Colorado. I believe all of them. When was the last time the well was in production? I believe that was in 2005. Uh, did you receive any comment from the people for protect, protecting property rights or whatever they used to call themselves who came? Oh, no, not a word. Not a word, huh? And, you know, I think that's because the CDPHE has stepped up for their air quality concerns because that was a major concern with some of those players and it could be because the state regulations have changed also uh their concerns were more aligned with don't tread on me it's my right to do whatever i want to do with my land no matter what the impact was that was more their angle of that group well oh, i must be thinking of the wrong group i'm sorry andy yeah they used to come and advocate for oh, the yeah, well yeah throw barbecues and all sorts of crazy stuff. Yep, did all not right. hear from them either. Um, and then more of just a comment in general, I guess, um, we can acknowledge the fact that there is a perceived either negative or positive economic impact, but um, to the adjacent neighbors, to the landowner themselves, um, we can acknowledge those impacts are real. They do not necessarily, home values do not necessarily play a part in our decision. We are more concerned with the health, safety, and welfare of the public. Thank you, Andy. Any other questions? 
Is it possible for me to speak again, please? This is James Parscale. Um, past that point. We're kind of past that point, James. I would just like to raise a quick question. In my uh, <laughs> into what we call production, all I ever saw was two barrels. So maybe somebody can address that issue. What we keep calling production, according to a gas, a state gas and uh, oil site that tells you about all existing wells, the only production that I saw was sometime in the past two barrels of oil. And from what I understand, I think those went out on the ground. I'm just going to throw that in. Maybe it's something that should be looked at when we talk about production, if I'm right or wrong on that figure, which I did see in a state uh, information page. Thank you very much. Okay. Any other questions? Commissioners? Uh, Peter, Peter has his hand up. Thank you. Peter? Yeah. Um, kind of an unusual situation because it seems like there's, you know, this well has existed for a while. But now, am I correct that the new state regulations have what would be a larger setback than what this well would meet now? Yes. Peter, yeah, that's correct. Okay, so if the well did not exist, they could not now drill it in the location that it's in? They would have to, probably not. It would just depend on what the state um, review would be you know, for those setback requirements. So, so is, the, is the fact that the well is already there, does that sort of, quote, grandfather them in to a shorter uh, setback distance and allow that? That's to be determined. I can't answer that question. It's through the COGCC. Okay, but that that's not our um, that's not our question to answer. That would be the state's, right? Yeah, we don't have setback requirements through the county. Okay. Thanks. Any other questions? Uh, question. Oh, okay, Andy, go. In the past, um, when considering oil well permits, there have been times when actually our conditions of approval have, act, have exceeded COGCC requirements. Um, and I don't know that at any time they were ever challenged. And I do believe some of our requirements as far as testing and distances from water wells were actually adopted um, or they came up with something similar. And so, you know, Peter, <clears throat> even though we don't have setback standards as a county, we don't know, it is my feeling that we don't necessarily have to view those minimum setbacks as a standard or a maximum, you know, by or a minimum by any stretch of the imagination. If we as a board feel so compelled, we can put additional conditions on. Um, that's just my personal feeling. Andy, I think, actually, I know you're correct. And I recall clearly that we had a lot of discussion. Um, and I thought ultimately included in the in the conditions of agreement, um, the well 
to the north of Milner. And from memory, the topic was uh, monitoring wells. And at the point, at that point in time, my memory is, I don't know that the applicant was actually required to even do monitoring wells, but Milner had a concern about potential contamination of uh, their water source, which I think was from memory was downstream from the petitioner's you know, site. So I think in the end, yeah, we did put monitoring wells or had them put them in. And I think that truly is a case of where we did more than perhaps the statutes at the time from Colorado required. I think the issue here gets to be the, the fact that the well is there already creates a bit of a problem and we're yeah. trying to balance that up against current, yeah, current regulations that strongly suggest, hey, under no, well, the way the law is written presently, the new law, I guess that well could go there if those that lived within the 2000 foot diameter or radius signed off on it, said it was okay. Otherwise, someone a lot smarter than us has decided 2000 feet is some kind of a reasonably safe distance. It's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, and you know, we could debate on and on about whether that distance is safe or not. Um, I don't think we have the technical capabilities of doing that. I mean, my, uh, anytime I've opposed an oil well, it's always been with respect to its proximity to surface water. Um, I will say it is troubling that the, all the water wells that are around it, again, like you said, the, the challenge to this particular application is the fact that the well existed and the well existed long before many of these other uses put it in conflict. <clears throat> uh, in past, if this was coming in front of me as a new well, I would recommend denial in a heartbeat. It would be that easy for me. I'm not sure that I have enough direction either from staff or from maybe a lawyer as to how to properly proceed on this application. I think I can answer that concern and some of these questions. And I think it really boils down to my understanding whether or not the state will allow for any exemptions on some on, on the setback issue, for example, um, being that they do have a permit through the state um, and there are revised regulations and how they're gonna view this existing well in their purview um, to allow for any exemptions. Um, and so moving forward, um, you know, you were suggesting Andy, you know, going above and beyond some of the proposed and presented conditions. And if you could um, consider more, um, more oversight with some of these conditions, you could potentially do that. You, you are correct that um, you all have the authority to um, impose whatever conditions um, for recommendation to the Board of County Commissioners. If that and makes I'd sense. like to say that that has changed because of the new regulations. Yeah. Um, you are correct before in the, in the Milner application, there were no water testing regulations at that time. 
So we worked toward trying to um, help with that situation. We did that on a, a number of wells before the state came in and said, we are developing our own and you cannot preempt the state. So we um, had to turn that over to the state, but at least they did something. They put in those water standards. And um, so after that point, they took it over. They took over the testing. They took over the monitoring. And they do have in the regulations a... Um, a note in there for uh, sample wells that could be placed just like you do a gravel pit um, for monitoring if they feel it's necessary. And they do have uh, requirements of how many wells and um, you know different things like that. I don't have that right in front of me and the time frame that they are tested. So Steve, Steve you are right. We, we were able to, including our bonding at one point we had to quit doing the bonding also because we preempted state requirements. But with right. the new regs, that's changed. Uh, any other questions before we go to round table? Okay, um, Billy, can you hear me? Cause I wanna start with you. Christy, can you do something? <laughs> um, I actually can. I can ask him to unmute, but I don't think he's going to see it on the phone, but we'll try, try it. it. If not, um, maybe move on. Okay. Um, Andy, you pretty much already recited where you are, but let's do it formally now. Actually, You've recited that you're conflicted. I am conflicted, but you know, when we view this in light of, say, findings of fact or compliance with the various chapters of the, ah, good, you know, when, when we view it in light of the various chapters of the master plan, you know, I guess maybe I would say it's in it's maybe in conflict with 7.2 a extraction of minerals and route county should occur with little impact as possible to the people and the ecology of the area um i think that it could maybe an argument it could be made that this one would have more of a negative impact on the people and possibly the ecology of the area um you know, where applicable, I, I think 7.3e is okay. The other one is mitigation. You know, can we put in condition, any other condition of approval that would actually mitigate enough to our satisfaction, the potential for contamination in water wells? And it was mentioned that there's a a mile separation between the oil reserve and the, the water table that everybody's drawing from. And I acknowledge that, um, but I all, also acknowledge in geology that water moves up, water moves down, water moves sideways. I've never bought that argument that the vertical separation is really any type of buffer. Um, once you go in and you start making pathways, things seem to find those pathways. 
So um, when we talk about where we stand on this, especially when it comes to oil and gas wells, we have to be very particular with our findings of fact and the parts of the master plan that are leading to our decision. So in summary, at this point in time, do I sense that you're leaning towards denying? Uh, I am. Again, I am. What I, I, I would, if this was a new well, I just feel like there's this still that elephant in the room of the fact that it's an existing well. And I guess for me, the only thing that uh, gives me a sense of ease is that even if we recommend denial, this goes in front of the county still. Um, and there's one more review in case we miss something, but I, I would lean towards denying this permit. Thank you. Okay, Billy, are you on now? I think so, can you hear me? Yeah, we're in round table. Yep. So, yeah, I'm okay. interested, so I'm interested in hearing your position. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I kind of have a procedural question, and that is uh, the straw poll. It, it seems to me that during previous roundtables, somebody has maybe suggested that, hey, maybe this is a good time to do a straw poll. So uh, is this a, an appropriate time for me, me to suggest that? Uh, no. Actually, I'm looking for your comments and your opinions, which will ultimately okay. result in what I consider the straw poll. Sounds good. So um, that being the case, I have a series of items that um, I would like to see added as conditions of approval. And I could go into maybe a lot of detail about all of them, but I don't think given what, uh, that we will have a straw poll at the end um, and we could come back to this. If things go forward, I would like the opportunity to come back and, and address them in, in more detail. But uh, this so really here's some, here's some, yeah, so Before here's some just, items, and I'll just kind of, um, I'll just try and blow through. Go ahead. Well, I guess it, one more time, the purpose mm -hmm. of this roundtable is for you to make your comments and then ultimately uh, indicate to the to the balance of the commissioners and myself which way you're voting. Gotcha. Uh, so, so take my comments, and this is, this is how I would intend to do it. Do you want my comments? Yes. My comments are that... I think we should add. Can I tell you what I think we should add? Yeah, that's part of your comments. Okay. Yeah, I think we should add something about screening. The photos of the site show some pretty ugly fencing, and if it moves forward, I think we should screen that stuff. Um, there's a tower there that's uh, not painted, and we have some conditions now stated in the staff report. Uh, there's some conflicting things about painting. In one case, we talk about painting things gray, and then we have some other places where things are painted. So they, they blend with the environment. I think that needs to be clear, cleared up. Um, there's, other, there's some stuff up out there that needs to be painted, period. Um, as far as the part, there's a, a comment I have is a statement in the staff report, or I'm not sure whose report, about parking. And it says the parking, um, there won't be, the parking will be near so there's people out there working that the parking will be near the um, drilling pad. And I don't think that's specific enough. And I think we should say it has to be on, the parking needs to be on the pad. You can't just park anywhere. 
um, regarding parking on the area. Um, the, the grading plan calls for a certain slope, and the slope that they called for is 0.4%, and the, um, that's not gonna, it's gonna be a mess. 0.4%, it's not gonna drain, and with the soils that are out there, it's just gonna be a mess, and the runoff, whatever. Um, as far as revegetation, um, the, the applicant's statement is that they're not going to do. They don't. They, they don't. They just don't plan on doing revegetation on certain parts of the site. Uh, quite frankly, I think uh, my comment would be that the road. You're not going to revegetate the road. So when they fix the road, um, we don't know how wide that is. We know and we don't know how thick the gravel is. So. I think those things should be specified. Uh, once the road width is specified, I think we need to say that everything that's not in the travel way, that needs to be revegetated. Uh, what they've done previously and the photos that they submitted, or maybe there are, I think there are probably our photos, um, show where, you know, 10 years later, whatever, uh, it hasn't revegetated. There's just dirt, you know, so there's another one. Um, the site plan um, is incomplete. I think it needs to be clarified in terms of where the underground water system piping goes through the site. So you've got a site plan that doesn't represent all the information that's out there. And I think that should be added. And, okay, comments. Uh, I think it's appropriate um, to discuss the issue of whether it's existing or not and what difference that makes. and. My comment would be that, in my opinion, um, it doesn't matter. If we don't like it, if we, if we think that there should be distance requirements, and let's just say that's the only thing we want. Well, if that's what we want, that's what we say we want, and we move forward. We don't really worry. So in my opinion, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, hey, Billy. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Did you see condition of approval 39D subsection I or subsection one Roman numeral add seven inches of class six road base for 3.6 miles, a minimum of 24 feet wide. And then we also, I believe we referenced that uh, county standards must be met. And in, I generally feel that as long as we say the professionals do whatever the professionals are telling you to do, that's been enough for us when it comes to those kind of things. Do you, do you see a problem with that? Oh, not at all. I think um, I would kind of refer back to Chris's uh, comment earlier that we, that was, that was, or I guess uh, Chris's comment that we need to fill that in. And when I, when I, when I read the whole thing, I didn't pick up on the fact that they said seven inches. I'm I'm perfectly happy if the you know if the county if the county says seven inches is good, I'm good with that. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. So that um, answers your question, I think. Right? No, I think Andy, he was referring to the private access road. Am I incorrect in that? Uh, I think that's a good point. I would agree with that. Billy, I think so, when you're discussing this with this other information, if you can give us the condition number that you're referring to, it would help. That's a good point. I can't argue with that. Um, all my comments, with the exception of 
I think pretty much all my comments are independent of existing condition. Well, you talked we about a it. you talked about a tower, and I think you're referring uh -huh. to the tank. There's no towers nope. out there. Well, the photograph shows one, so maybe I maybe I misread the photograph. I, mean, I think you're referring so to the tank. I, um, I'm not. Okay, so my comment that I just made relative to the, the tower was because I interpreted the photo as there being a tower out there. If there's not a tower out there, just pretend you never heard me say that. And if there is a tower, then include my comment. Um, maybe last, uh, last but not least for now, um, you know, we talked about the question of is there an impact? And so we've got a lot of discussion about there's an economic impact and a quality of life impact. And uh, there's a financial impact. We heard both sides of all those arguments, but you know, we keep talking about the rural character and that's being a, a prime issue in the master plan and just in general for everybody. Um, and so it would be my opinion, the water well with a tank, the sunscreen with a, with a road that's erosion, in my opinion, that all says that's not rural character. It's not in keeping with the existing rural character of the county. So thank you. I, I feel like I went on too much, but I was kind of hoping to avoid having to go into it in that much detail, but we'll come back to that later. Uh, no, so Billy, just out of curiosity, if you had to vote right this minute, how would you vote? No. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Greg. Yeah, to me, um, I haven't seen any recommendations from any of the other review agencies saying that it should be denied, that there's any kind of concern that I, you know, CPW or anybody like that saying that, hey, there is this elk migration that is going to be affected. Um, I do understand the points of what everybody is saying of the neighborhood, and I mean, they probably know um, better than most what is around in that character. But to me to have a denial without having an agency that's reviewing it saying anything uh, negative to that to those effects is really hard for me. Um, same thing with COGCC, that's so much up in the air right now. That's pretty much what's contingent on this whole thing. So to me, I feel like it's COGCC's kind of area of trying to decide yay or nay on this. Uh, to us, it's that review agencies of, it's almost, uh, they're the experts on all of this. They can see if this is something that is viable, something that is safe, something that won't contaminate um, the drinking water and that it will provide a safe uh, process for this, uh, for, for what they're trying to do with all the other mitigating factors that are involved. It's so complicated. I would really uh, leave it up to the state for uh, them to decide how that's gonna be. So for me, I think that the health, safety, welfare of the public, like Andy was saying, is being met because the review agencies are saying that there aren't anything that is a huge red flag for them. Um, for me, if there are going to be more restrictions or anything like that, that we would want to put any more conditions on, I'd say the uh, hydraulic fracking, if that happens and that kind of stuff to add something 
of uh, conditions, I would be amendable to uh, make it a little harsher and make it a little harder and make um, the neighborhood or uh, the people kind of have a little more say on those things. And I would be amendable in that area for this permit. So, okay, I got it. Thank you, Greg. Hey, Greg. I'm sorry, Steve. Can, no, I, okay. ask, can I ask a clarifying question? Sure. Yeah. It's round table. So I'm sorry, I, I'll try not to be too much of a pain here. Um, Greg, would you agree with the finding of fact number three, page 13 to 15, six, the proposal with the following conditions is compatible with the immediately adjacent neighborhood properties? You know, I've, th I, I've seen a number of oil wells in full disclosure. I've voted no on some and I voted yes on some. I believe that my yes to no ratio is actually more yeses than no. I feel pretty strongly that in this particular instance, this number three has a problem. And even though the COGCC hasn't made any recommendations, public wildlife hasn't made any recommendations, we still have the responsibility to make a ruling based on what's put in front of us. To me, I mean, that area has other oil fields and from what I believe around in that area. I mean, not, not in the exact vicinity, but to, to me, I mean, that's kind of, this came about and was already in the neighborhood before Yes, it was mismanaged and uh, they used the wrong permitting thing, but this was part of that use in that land before. And so it did fit that area when it came to existence, even though uh, permitting wise, it didn't follow what it was supposed to do. Um, so I, I think that it fit the land because it was approved prior, but 50 feet in a different direction. And so that 50 feet shouldn't be any different now since you know it, it's already in existence. But I do understand that it's not a legally, uh, a, a legal non, non-exist, sorry. Uh, non-conforming. <laughs> non-conforming, thank you. Uh, use or structure or anything. And we're looking at this as a new entity but to me, that has a huge factor. And even though it was 50 feet, that, that's kind of where I would say that it does fit the land. And, I, you know, with Billy's comment to the rural character, it is important to acknowledge that mineral, mineral extraction and oil wells are a feature of the Western landscape. They have been before I was here, they will be after. And so um, I think we, can, we should, as a group, be able to acknowledge that they are indeed a, a part of our Western rural character. It is not what we would think as the typical definition of um, Western, like say you would see in the movies, but you know, oil wells and rural lands have been utilized together, you know, long before us. Okay, uh, Roberta? I always look forward to your input. Well, thank you. Um, this has been an interesting uh, session. 
I guess the fact that the well exists is not a relevant issue for me personally. And that's because there wasn't an existing permit. And if I understood what Chris said in the beginning of the session that the county attorney is in agreement with that, that this is to be considered a new application. Is that correct, Chris? It is a new application, one has never been issued. So with that in, as a, you know, a preface to my comments, if this is a new application, I wouldn't approve it because I don't believe that it is consistent with the current uh, state regulations. Um, water supply is a huge issue for residential communities in this county. Uh, I know because I live on a well and we have issues. And uh, if, if that water supply gets contaminated, it's, you can't mitigate it. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably, to me, it's the biggest issue. I mean, the other issues that were raised in the attorney's letter, I thought were relevant as well, related to potential air quality impacts, which we don't know whether they're there or not, but there's certainly been no BMPs um, addressed in these conditions of approval that I could see that would address that. Um, in terms of the county master plan, there are so many references in the county master plan about protecting the health and welfare of our community that I could cite and would, would need to cite, I guess, if, if, if I was to make the motion. Um, the county will consider the impact of development on water and air, it appears over and over and over again. And um, the wildland fire issue is, is, and the fact that there it was no sufficient emergency plan is, is also a big issue for me because uh, we all know we live in an area that is highly impacted by wildland fires and uh, not to have even researched or looked into what it would take to mitigate a fire out there is completely unacceptable to me. So, you know, without belaboring my comments, I, I will recommend denial, I think. Thank you, Roberta, I appreciate that. Um, Peter. Um, yeah, I think um, it's, you know, the, we, we talk about is an existing well. I mean, it's an it's existing pipe in the ground, but it's obviously not a currently existing operational well. So I think as Roberta and Chris have both pointed out, this, this is to be considered a new permit as if they're just starting operation. Um, I can't imagine us granting a permit um, that doesn't meet what is now the current state regulations regarding setback. Um, I think to Andy's point, we can maybe put more stringent conditions on such operations if we wish, but I really can't see us uh, putting less stringent conditions on it. So if the state is saying that the current um, setback for getting a new permit um, and a new operation of a well, whether the pipes there or not, is a 2,000 foot setback. I can't imagine us just saying, "Yeah, that's okay. We'll we'll waive that in this case." Um, now, if the state wants to say no because it was there, they grandfathered in. Uh, that obviously would would change my thoughts. But at this point, I I would say no. Got it. Thank you, Peter. Bill. 
Doris is what I meant. Sorry. That guy. Can you hear me? I'm, I'm having internet trouble here. Can you hear me there? You're sounding good so far. Yes. I'll start talking. Uh, I'm going to have to say no. The overall impact to the community is just uh, a little too much. And I, I'm a I'm looking at the the con conflict between mineral rights and water rights of a community that exists and a pipeline that exists. And we've already heard from the county attorney and uh, and a gas and oil attorney. Uh, we haven't heard anything from a water attorney, but I'm afraid that it would go further and we'd have a conflict that just has gotten out of hand. And like Peter said, it it doesn't uh, doesn't fly with uh, the COGCC and the state. It's just uh, I wouldn't be able to support it as it is. Okay, thank you. Linda, what's your thoughts? I think you just called on me, Steve. Am I correct? You are correct, Linda. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, I can just be short and say I would deny and for all the reasons that everybody's outlined. I don't think that it is uh, appropriate under the master plan for the health, safety, and welfare of citizens. And I think that it uh, specifically negatively impacts the immediate community uh, and is an inappropriate, uh, would be an inappropriate approval if uh, we allowed it to go forward. I think it needs to be viewed just as we've learned um, as if it were a new permit. And uh, because of that, I think uh, it should be denied. Thank you, uh, Linda. Let's go through my checklist here. Uh, I personally am conflicted. And I kind of share um, Andy's approach. Under normal circumstances, I'm a firm believer in who was there first and you knew what you were getting into when you got there. Um, and I think that, you know, if we start to stray from that approach, uh, we're all going to end up in a lot of trouble and we're not going to be accomplishing what I think all of our vision is for the county. However, in this specific set of circumstances, um, for whatever reasons, the operator never got the permit from us. And so to Chris's comments and Christie's, we're treating this as a new operation. Under those circumstances and based on the majority of the comments that have been coming from the commissioners, um, I don't believe that this is a good opportunity to resurrect an oil well and move on with our lives. I don't think it's a smart thing to do. I don't think it's in the best interest of the county. I don't get involved in economic issues, and we shouldn't be. I feel badly for the residents that have their houses for sale, and now because of this issue, um, things aren't going as well. That's not necessarily really our problem. 
uh, our problem is to do what we think is in the best interest of the entire county. Nevertheless, when the day is over and done with and all things considered, um, I have a hard time supporting this petition, so I wouldn't support it. Now, with that thought, are there any additional questions that the commissioners have uh, for either the petitioner or staff? Uh, I also have one last comment that I'm gonna make. I feel that, I feel somewhat badly for the petitioner because I think in effect what has happened is they've got themselves in a bit of a box. They've got an operation that was discontinued. And while it was discontinued, um, life went on around and about them. To complicate the box, oil and gas developments and the operations thereof in this state have been the focus of some pretty intense studies and work. And as a result of those studies and work, they now have an operation that in all likelihood, no, not all likely, conflicts with current standards and current rules. I think we as commissioners are troubled by that. And it gets us back to this position, well, wait a minute, who was here first? But I also think the reality is, regardless of who was here first, I don't know that any of us are overly enjoyed or would be interested in supporting a petition that may run into direct conflict with current state-of-the-art thinking and setbacks and what have you. That's the other thing that kind of bugs me. But having said that, I'll entertain a motion um, to act on this petition. Andy? Are you? Yes, go. Yeah, you want me to give it a, a stab? Give it a shot. I know it's not easy. That's all right. Um, in regards to the special use permit for oil and gas exploration and production activity number PL-19-129, I would recommend denial based on finding a fact number three that it does not meet with the immediately adjacent uh, neighborhood and properties um, and con condition approval five, I do not feel that they will be able to meet COGCC setbacks lacking community support. Thank you, Eddie. Might there be a second? Second. I'll second. Thank you, Peter. Peter, will you second? Yes. Thank you. Uh, any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, uh, Sarah, would you please call the roll? Miller. So making, uh, uh, and I should be clear that a vote 
A yay vote is to deny the application. Sorry about that. I should have said that. Thank you. And I'm sorry, sir. I have a hard time hearing you. Did you just call on me? Yes. I did. Um, she called you for I your vote. vote. I would vote to deny the petition. Okay. Billy Nitzelfeld. Yay. Peter Flint. Yes, for denial. Greg Yeager. I'm against Andy's proposal. Bill Norris. Yes. Roberta Marshall. Yes. Uh, Andy B Benjamin. Yes. Steve Warnke. Chair votes yes. So, in the petition uh, PLC 19-129, uh, the petition is denied, and these proceedings are concluded. Thank you, everyone. Steve? Yes, I, Linda? I do need to leave the meeting at this time. Are you saying that you're not going to be able to participate and listen to Christie's administrative report? That is correct. You're excused. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move forward with some administrative manners. Uh, you're more than welcome to stay if you'd like. Otherwise, um, you may leave the meeting and have a good evening. Thank you. Christy, I think you're up. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so uh i am looking to schedule a joint meeting with the county commissioners for april 1st that is a regularly scheduled planning commission meeting um our next regularly scheduled meeting is slotted for the 18th and we do not have anything scheduled shocking um oh no do i wait I might have misspoke. You know, there's oh. stuff for the consent agenda, but I'm not sure there's anything else. There is, there's consent agenda. And actually, Alan, I just saw has something in there, but um, it's really kind of administrative, but it does need to be on the agenda. It's an insurance reg change. Oh. So it has something to do in our insurance um, regulation that um, just needs to be corrected. So it more than likely will be a short meeting um, on the 18th. Um, and then the first, April 1st, will be our joint meeting about the master plan and confirming the scope of services for a, um, to bring on an, uh, a consultant through the RFP process, request for professional services. Um, so that will be the focus of the meeting of the first. Um, I will tell you that we do have several applications that have been submitted that will be going before you. Um, however, we are waiting to formally process those because our new process changes along with fee schedule 
will go into effect starting April 1st. Um, so you can anticipate um, pretty full agendas um, from that point forward. Um, and we do have um, some subdivisions. We have um, a renewal of a gravel pit. Um, we have a couple of consolidation plats that go onto your consent agenda. Um, and we're getting all sorts of inquiries of um, all kinds of development um, interests and whether or not they submit applications for that. We have a campground on private land. Um, I anticipate that application. Um, so we have a lot of interest and a lot of activity going on. Um, just on a staffing level, um, we are um, finalizing our um, search for a new full-time employee to fill the planner tech position, a newly created position. Um, we have only received four applications at this point, um, but the closing is tomorrow. <clears throat> and uh, we will see. We will see if we get a fifth, which we're highly anticipating um, some, some more applicants. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Um, as well as um, next week, we'll, we will be advertising for, um, to replace Ronnie, unfortunately. Um, her last day is going to be officially April 30th. So we intend to bring on a new admin um, as a support role to the rest of staff, um, hopefully by the beginning of April. So that's just another task to add to the list of my long to-do list, as well as um, we did get approval to move forward to bring on SafeBuilt. They are a consultant that will assist with plan reviews um, for the interim while Tegan is out on maternity leave. Um, she is expected to come back in the middle of April, but she has already reached out that she is going a little stir crazy um, and is interesting, interested to um, help out. Um, I don't want to her. Yeah, so we're looking to see where she can help out, you know, with research or um, with some of the master plan stuff or light applications. We did receive another variance application. So that might be something that she can work on. So we do have a lot of support, as you know, Sarah's been great. She's jumped in and then we have um, Chris and then Alan's really just focused right now on finalizing our City View um, software that is now slated to go live in June, June 1st. And staff will be focused on training on a new software um, to make that all happen come May. So um, we definitely have a lot going on, um, but we are getting it done. I don't know how, but uh, we are. And um, at this point, um, we expect to bring on SafeBuilt for support starting next week with just training. Um, they are already pretty, pretty up to speed with our regulations because they do support the building department currently. Um, so I'll be working actually with Tegan. That's something that she can, you know, help out with, with some training for safe built to review our building permits. Um, so that's slated for, um, starting next week. 
So um, that's where we're at right now. Um, I don't know if anybody has any questions, concerns. I think the next item that we probably want to consider is whether or not um, come April, we want to consider trying um, day meetings or not. Um, you know, we, we did poll everybody. Um, Bill provided us information last um, meeting that he will be, I think, retired, right, come June, or you're changing your schedule come June. So maybe that could be our target yeah. that we could um, put outreach for to see whether that, that would be appropriate. Perfect. So, um, so that's still on the table. Um, and I think we can maybe just um, talk about that a little bit more of how that would work. We would wanna do outreach on our end or maybe just test the waters a little bit, schedule a meeting during the day and see how that works for everybody. I know that there are some of you that are way more flexible than others. Um, Andy, you're on the call. I know right now wouldn't be good for you is my understanding because of um, maybe your obligations to the mountain right now um, was my understanding, no? No, we're done. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty flexible. Okay. And, and I think for the rest of you, as long as there was ample notice, um, Greg, you were kind of a question mark. I mean, right now in this format, um, you know, I, I think you're pretty flexible, but depending on um, what your future looks like, um, it may or may not matter. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, and then the rest of you that are on here, Bill was the other wild card, which it wouldn't have worked for him, but it seems as if come June, that may change. Do I have that right? You do, do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. June first. Um, okay. I'm guessing you're at the end. Yep, I am. One quickie. Yeah. Do you have any feel for how the BCC is moving forward on the expirations? Uh, on the what? Expirations. Those oh, oh, oh reappointments. Yes. Reappointments. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, so, um, yes, we're soliciting right now and advertising um, to fill. We have currently one vacancy for our alternate two position. Right. Um, and maybe, maybe not another open position for our steamboat position. We'll see. I, I don't know. A lot of pressure going Greg's way right now. Um, <laughs> and um, but that, that that's the only vacancy. However, four of you are up for renewal, and that includes um, Steve, Troy, Brian Kelly, and Billy Mitzelfeld. Um, I got a letter of interest from all of you that you want to be a re reappointed, and as you know, traditionally that's always been the case. Um, how historically, um, except for while. Um, we had different leadership and um, in the past they, they replaced um, two board members, if you recall, those of you that were on the board at the time. Um, I, I don't have any indication that that would be the case. Um, historically, they, they didn't bring Chad in on the interviews um, for various reasons as we all kind of can um, allude to. 
Um, they did ask me to sit on the last ones, um, but didn't really ask me opinion. It was just more of what their options were, um, just because it is confusing with specifically with planning commission that there are districts and um, you need to have eligibility for who is applying. Um, I can tell you right now, we have four um, people that did apply and the appointments um, would be to fill vacancies on both planning commissions. So right now we have currently one vacancy and then we have board of adjustment. We have, um, we have two vacancies. Um, and then with the, the remainder, um, whether or not they were going to reappoint, um, but I don't have any indication that they wouldn't reappoint anybody. And that wouldn't be my recommendation to not reappoint anybody. Um, you know, as of right now, um, obviously you all know, um, I support you all, um, and, um, and there would be no reason why I would suggest otherwise. Thank you. Anything else? Um, that is it at this point in time. Then I would say, unless somebody else says something, I would say we're adjourned. All right. Guys, have a good evening and thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good job. That was not an easy one. Agreed. <laughs>